The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Most people are still getting in touch though about the scenes in Dublin last Thursday and the ongoing uh, fallout. It's not always the resources that is the problem, says Mike. Our guardie are ignoring open drug dealing, reckless e-scooter users drinking in public. There appears to be a pushback against Drew Harris, who I think is doing a good job. That is from Mike. Uh, to the Hangham High Brigade, one listener says, police brutality can lead to days of rioting. Just look at London and Paris and Minneapolis after George Floyd. So hats off to the individual Gardaí who showed such restraint. And Willie says, Kieran, Minister McEntee has spent the last few months telling us just how safe the streets are and how silly are those who say differently. All of a sudden, the Garda Commissioner is ordering desperately strong pepper spray, boxes of tasers, body cams by the thousands. For what? Sure, the streets are safe. Does he not believe the Minister? Good questions, Willie. 87 106 The Garda Commissioner was before the Oireachtas Justice uh, Committee uh, today. Chair of that committee is the Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North, James Lawless, who is with me now. James, you're welcome to the show. Um, what stood out for you amongst the contributions from Drew Harris? Okay, good evening. So, yeah, I'm just out of the committee a couple of minutes and uh, Commissioner Harris has now left Leinster House, but he was with us for uh, the best part of the afternoon quite a mammoth session of the Justice Committee. Um, I suppose, look, at first of all, what's new? Um, he told us that the batch of recruits currently going through Templemore, who were not due to come out until uh, the new year, have been brought forward to December. So 151 extra Gardaí will now be um, ready for deployment uh, from the middle of December onwards. So, look, that is certainly helpful. Um, there were, I suppose, a lot of questions. Obviously, he gave the timeline of exactly what happened last Thursday, who knew what when. And I suppose more importantly, what did he know and what was he able to control and direct uh, in terms of one question I asked him was a question that was posed by a GRA member uh, last night that members were being contacted by their colleagues by WhatsApp to say, look, can you pull on the uh, combat gear and get into the city in terms of just volunteering being called up? And he said, no, it was actually more coordinating than that. Uh, WhatsApp would be used by management often to forward a message quickly to the staff, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was um, in an uncontrolled way. Um, What else did he tell us? He told us that um, I asked about the special detective unit who are the team or one of the teams monitoring online content. And I suppose a question that I asked is, how was this not uh, seen in advance? Because I could see on my own Twitter timeline and I don't have access to any special tools or surveillance techniques, but I could just see it bubbling up very quickly uh, with 15,000 mentions uh, on Thursday afternoon before the riots. So we got into a bit of that. Um, yeah. Another common point was the, this is not the first time actually, uh, Deputy Patrick Costello made it, I thought, a good point that we all talk about a member of the Dáil being assaulted this September, which is Michael Haley Ray. Uh, famously, infamously, at uh, the time there was a protest outside the gates here. But actually, Deputy Paul Murphy was similarly affronted a, a year previously. Um, so perhaps that should have been a red flag. So, you know, and I made the point myself that even during the, co- the pandemic, South William Street was uh, rioted with, with maybe it was more drink than, than racism on that particular occasion. Mm-hmm. But look, there's all kinds of issues. Uh, we had Sandwich Street with tents being burnt out this summer. Um, so it's not actually the first time this has happened. So, it's so, not even the second or third time. So, so what had Drew Harris to say in response to those two issues? Let's focus in on them. First, that on the day in question that the Gardaí should have been more prepared, senior Garda management should have seen what was coming. And then the second issue you raised there, which is that this was not completely out of the blue in terms of the broader context. It was the culmination of a series of events. Yeah, so look, I think in fairness to him, he, he did, I wouldn't say quite that he put his hands up, but he certainly acknowledged that they have work to do uh, around their online monitoring, uh, around the social media piece, 
uh, in terms of getting on top of that. And he did ask for the cooperation of the public. Uh, so far as people can, if people are aware of different networks and groups and Telegram and WhatsApp channels, um, don't be afraid to contact your local Garda station uh, if that's something that you, you come across. And I think those networks are far more prevalent, but in many cases, actually quite localised as well. So, um, he, look, he, he admitted they have, that's a focus uh, going forward. I suppose what he did say in his defence, or defence of the force, he said that this was the largest public order deployment probably that the country has ever seen. Uh, there was over 400 public order uh, guardian on the streets um, with the dog unit and, and, and mounted uh, unit and air support. And actually, I remember I was in the city myself on Thursday night. Uh, it was quite a horrific place to be at the time. And I did see helicopters circling overhead. So I suppose he said, look, we lost control. But he said it was, it was a thin edge. But I suppose the commissioner's view is that they asserted control as quickly as they could with the resources that they had. And mm. look, at it, it was a nightmarish situation, but they, they, I suppose his view is that they relatively quickly asserted themselves. One point he made, actually, that I thought was interesting, just, just pick a nugget out of it and say money fresh out of the hearing, but one point was made about batons. Why were people not getting down and dirty with the rioters? And he responded to that by saying, when you're in riot gear, you hold your shield forward. And if you start loosening the hand to grab a baton out of your pocket, um, you can actually expose yourself in a different way. So, look, I suppose there are tactics that riot squads might use. You know, as members of the public, we might be watching, I think, and uh, we, they might do something different. But, look, I, I haven't said that. Mm. I think everybody around the table, including the commissioner and his team, and certainly okay. some members agreed, they need to, you know, this cannot happen again. Yeah. And we really want to see them toughening up the next uh, time. And so that what, what, what had he to say about the, the other issue raised, about the kind of the culmination of events? And we heard a little clip earlier, actually, in the show of Patrick Costello talking about mm. kind of groups of people around the country boarding buses and demanding ID of immigrants on their way uh, in, in, into reception centre. Not a legitimate form of protest. We know that Drew Harris had to say that. Um, yeah. But the, the issue of burning tents came up, the issue of politicians being pushed. You've just raised it there. What had you to say yeah. about that sense that this has been simmering away and the pot, the heat in that pot has been turned up and up and up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, what he said was it, it, this was on a different scale and as you put it, a different form of disorder than has been experienced before. Um, he is doing a, a review and he's appointed an assistant commissioner to conduct a full review of what did happen. He said he's also meeting and has met with the guard associations. Um, but I think he, he would concede that they were unprepared for this. Uh, he may not have used those words, but I think the gist of his contribution was that they didn't expect it to happen at this scale. There was also a point made that during the pandemic, there were sort of anti-vax and, and, and sort of COVID-skeptic type protests, some of which might overlap with some of the themes we saw last week. And at that time, an approach was taken to tread softly and sort of not to go charging in, but to sort of say, look, at, we hear you, but you can't do that here. You know, you need to move on kind of thing. And perhaps it was appropriate for a, a small group of a dozen people in a country town, you know, with placards during COVID. That's not what we saw, though, on, on Thursday night. We saw, I think, up to 600 people militant, uh, smashing windows, smashing cars, and um, all the rest of it. So, you know, I think, I suppose the other thing he said is there's a lot, there's a lot more rest to come. Uh, there will be lots more. There is an okay. ongoing main lines of inquiry and it's special many more will be brought before the courts. Tara McManus is with us as well, who's the Deputy General Secretary of the Garda Representative Association, the GRA. Tara, were you satisfied with what you heard from the Commissioner today? Uh, well, look, Karen, I think there there are a lot of issues that need to be um dealt with and need to be addressed and um, certainly there are issues that the GRA have been raising with the Commissioner for quite some time and those issues are things like equipment, training, resourcing, retention, recruitment um, so I think all of those issues came to a head on Thursday night and you know we, we were faced with the scenes that we saw. We would have serious concerns 
um, around our members and their confidence with regards to the use of force. And again, that has been debated over across the last couple of days. Our members are not confident in using force. Uh, we have seen very high-profile cases where our members are facing mm. criminal charges, where they're facing discipline and they're facing suspension for simply doing their job and for pulling their back and for engaging in force. Like, let's be honest, public order policing by its nature is messy. And, and we saw that on Thursday night. It is messy. And it requires a certain element of force from Angarda Shea So, And it requires a messy response almost from our members and you know they can't engage in that type of behaviour or they can't engage in using force because they are afraid almost to use force because they see their colleagues and they hear stories and, and they see it you know other members being actually subjected to discipline and investigation for doing it so these are all the issues that we are concerned about Are they, are they we well-founded fears? Absolutely. I mean, we have we have almost 120 members out on suspension. Some of them are out on long term suspension. We have very high profile cases. So some of them court. maybe have done things that are worthy of suspension. And absolutely, we and we fully accept that, and we fully welcome the oversight with regards to members who do engage in criminality and who do engage in behaviour that warrants them to be suspended while those investigations are ongoing. But we have a huge cohort of members who are suspended long term where the investigations are ongoing and there's no end in sight. But coming back to the use of force and the use of decision making, our members are not confident to do that. They're not confident that they're going to get the backing of the commissioner, that they're going to get the backing Mm -hmm. of senior management to actually engage in force. As I said, that type of policing, it's messy, it's not pleasant, nobody wants to see it. And we saw those images on Thursday night of our members in very isolated situations. And you, you note in those isolated situations, they did not pull for their baton because they know once they pull a baton into that particular scene or into that particular scenario, that they actually probably leave themselves more open to, to being assaulted, but they leave themselves more open to, to further suspension and to further investigation. So these are all the issues that we have have, have raised or uh, particularly concerned in relation to recruitment as well. Um, you know, some of the figures there that were used today, we're not 100% sure whether they are accurate. Only 234 members to date have actually been attested, although over 600 might have gone through the Garda College this year. Only 234 of those have actually been on our streets so far. We certainly welcome the news that an additional 150 51 will come out before Christmas but they will have to return to the Garda College to complete their training and of course bringing out members who are not fully trained and have not completed the full aspect of the training is in itself an organisational risk as well so I mean these are all concerns, legitimate concerns Mm. that the GRA have at the moment And have you faith that Drew Harris is the man to address all those concerns? Well, we stand by our our ballot that we held with our members in in September, which told us that 99% of our members do not have confidence in the Garda Commissioner to lead the Garda organisation. And certainly the events over the past couple of days have not changed that. So you feel that Thursday night was a, a failure of senior Garda management? It was a failure across all of the issues that we have been raising for the last number of months and all the issues that in fact led us to ballot our members in the first place because we feel as a representative association that we haven't been listened listened to to date. I mean, we talk about retention and retention is a very serious issue. 150 members to date have resigned in 2023 and this is consistently been excused by the commissioner as well. It's only 1% and it's nothing compared to other 
you know, organisations mm. and other police organisations across the country. It's huge for the guards. We have never seen levels of that and we have never seen the levels of discontent that we have. However, regardless of that, we still saw on Thursday night the resilience and the determination of our members. A lot of that messaging that was used via WhatsApp was one guard to another guard texting to their colleagues down the country, please come up and help us. We are under pressure here. And that's where the majority of people ended up coming into the city because they were getting messages from their colleagues in the city. And it showed the determination, the resilience of our members. But it doesn't matter how low morale is when, when their backs are to the wall and when their, their colleagues in the city need them, the guards will, will be there and they will actually don the green jersey and they'll do what has to be done to quell that sort of instance. So, you know, we're extremely proud mm. of our members. I'm very grateful that more of them weren't more seriously injured than they actually were. Tara McManus, Deputy General Secretary of the Garda Representative Association, the GRA, and James Lawless, who's Chair of the Oireachtas Justice Committee and he is a Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me. Sean and Wicklow, he wants a strong man. Policing reflects our government. Weak and incompetent. We need a tough, strong leader in both departments. Sean, thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.